Hi, this is Randall with Business Partner Blueprint, welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros Podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate contracts, big corporate clients. And today, I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. So what I want to talk with you about in this episode is what I've learned about selling and performing at the highest levels of corporate business. We're just going to take a quick uh, walkthrough around uh, some of the highlights there. And bear in mind, I've worked for the largest oil company in the world. Uh, I've worked um, for a company that was mid-size, uh, had just made it to the Fortune 500 at that time at, uh, what, five, uh, $3.7 to $5 billion in sales during the time period I worked for them. Uh, I worked for a company that was capitalized with $105 million. And by the time that I started working for them, we're down to their last three to seven. I've worked for my own company where we bootstrapped. And I've had a number of other companies that I worked with that, um, you know, started off with a shoestring budget of about ten dollars or $20,000 and built from there. So I, I've kind of seen growing a business from a whole host of different perspectives. And what I can say about most all of them is um, every day is a new day when you're in business. <laughs> it really and truly is. Every day is a new day. Every day is a challenge. Uh, it's, it's, it's unusual when yesterday is like today and today is like tomorrow. You, you want that to be the case, but more often than not, it really just doesn't pan out that way. However, what we're going to talk about, uh, what I want to talk with you about today is what I've learned about selling and performing as an employee at the highest levels of corporate business. And it's kind of interesting because uh, you, you've heard people have this concept of, around working on your business ver versus working in your business. That concept is really profound in that you know, when you're first starting out and in certain parts of uh, big corporations, you're just trying to deal with the day to day, the stuff that just absolutely has to be done. And at some point it becomes really, really overwhelming. Uh, but when you get to the highest levels in the organization, you're 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 not uh, working in the business, you're working on the business. And so you might say, well, Randall, what does that mean? What that means is when you step back and you start looking at what are the things that are preventing you from having sustained success or more precisely causing sustained problems versus what are the things that are responsible for sustained success? And how do you directionally make sure that everything that people need in your organization have in order for things to work right the way you expect them to go. And then above and beyond that, what are the market forces that you have to anticipate to uh, make sure that you can continue to make things work day in, day out? What are the resources that you make available what are the market conditions that you need to anticipate? What is the impact of the move from various competitive threats, whether it be from a technology or from a competitor 
or just general market conditions? You know, what are the things that you need to do to in order to be three, five, six, eight months ahead of your organization? Now, you know, you might be listening to this and you might be going, you know, Randall, that's so unrealistic right now. I'm just trying to make sure I meet payroll. I'm just trying to make sure I can cover the bills. Worse yet, I'm trying to make sure that once I pay everybody else, I've got some money left over for me because I unfortunately got myself in a situation that uh, I take care of everybody else. And uh, I sometimes don't pay myself because I can't afford to lose staff. And it's like, I get it. I Trust me, I, I get it. I understand um, but what I also want you to wrap your mind around, though, is somehow quickly, and you know that really and truly is at the heart of what what Business Partner Blueprint is all about. What you have to wrap your mind around is quickly how to get out of survival mode uh, into uh, into thriving mode. And I don't necessarily mean thriving mode in that you, you, you know your 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 hallways are paved with gold. That would be nice. What I mean by thriving mode is that you've got the basics of the business pretty well in hand. You're generating a decent book of business that you're you're not necessarily worried about. Can you withstand a small storm? Uh, which, you know, once you're at that position, selling to big corporate clients becomes a whole lot simpler. Uh, what I'm talking about is what are those things that big companies do that, um, you know, when you're performing at the highest levels there, these are just things that work. I mean, I'll give you an example. When I was a seller, <clears throat> when I was a seller, I really didn't spend that much time uh, thinking about whether or not product was going to get in and out of the door. There were so many processes and systems set up in the warehouse and with the uh, trucking companies and uh, getting raw material. It was a distribution business getting raw material or getting products in from the manufacturers into our warehouse so we can get them to our local branches. That was built into the business. So the only thing that I really and truly had to focus on was what was the problem that uh, companies that spent uh, more than $2 million a year on what I was selling were confronted with? What was their reality? And what I had to look at was what were the systems and processes that, that they had in their company? What were the systems and processes that I had in, in, uh, in our company that I was uh, working for at that time? And what are the ones that I thought we could bring to the table that gave our customers a competitive advantage? And which ones that I think were uh, complementary to theirs that caused the least amount of disruption in a perfect world, no disruption? Now, I didn't learn that just walking in the door. I had to know quite a bit about uh, the internal operating structure of the company I was working for, and I had to have really good insight into the um, internal working structure of the company that I was selling into. The good news, since I was a buyer, most companies that I sold into, I had a real good sense of what it is a buyer needs, what a, what a buyer's reality is day in and day out. And a buyer's reality really and truly isn't about just picking suppliers. A buyer's day-to-day -day reality is ensuring that the uh, products and services that come in the door are, are um, uh, brought in uh, with the highest potential value to the company, that they're properly managed from the procure-to-pay process, and that uh, at the back end, 
the um, expected performance and results are what is expected. Okay, that's it. Buying organizations really and truly have an end-to-end view of what goes on with uh, every single thing that comes into the door. So I had that insight, and I knew that when uh, you have these things like um, in in telecom, uh, people talking about the new LTE techn- technology for for wireless, what that what the change was gonna what that change was gonna mean in terms of my organization. I mean, right now we're looking at you know blockchain. What does it mean to be able to take uh, middlemen out of the relationship between you and your end user? What does um, the notion that Amazon buying Whole Foods would mean, or CVS buying um, C- CVS bought an insurance company? Who did CVS bought? Which was the weirdest thing for a drug retailer to purchase an actual insurance company. I don't, I can't recall that they buy United Health or whoever it was they bought. But I mean, you, you know, you start looking at that, and it's like, wow, what are the competitive threats that these kinds of markets, uh, market moves? Um, pose to my company, and if I am a um, a high performer, what does that mean to my day to day activities, and the purpose of having this conversation with you in this episode is, what is the underlying impact on those suppliers who are going to market with me? Now, you may recall. In a prior episode, we talked about being a trusted advisor, being a subject matter expert. This is when being the subject matter expert and the trusted advisor becomes huge for um, somebody in a high-performing, a high-performing role. Um, at the highest levels of the business, you want as best competitive information as you can get. Your entire job treads on the accuracy, dependability, and reliability of the information you're getting and that um, you can appropriately act on that information for the benefit of the company. And when you've got trusted advisors and subject matter experts and a whole host of other people that you can get that from that more often than not are, you know, they're spot on, they're telling you the truth. You're going to stick with that as long as you can possibly keep it. And that is the role that you should start targeting for your business. Understand what it means um, to, um, to sell at the highest levels, to perform at the highest levels. What 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 is what 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 are the demands on those people? And if they needed a resource to help them, what are the attributes and skill sets that that resource needs to bring? You, you, you know what 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 skill sets and capabilities do you need to have? If you're a sounding board. You know, it's kind of like getting advice. Do you want to get advice from somebody that doesn't know anything about anything? Or do you want to get advice from somebody that really and truly understands the problem that you're confronted with? Even if it turns out they, they, they're not directly doing exactly what you do, their insight is is objective and, and pure. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, out of the mouth of babes. You don't, you don't oftentimes credit children with 
clearly having the work experience in life, but sometimes they just ask some great questions that take away all of the hidden bias. It's like just challenging you. Well, why are you doing it that way? And a good trusted advisor either has the, the ability to, to, to know as much in depth about what it is you're confronted with, or they have no knowledge of it, that their questions are really and truly innocent, yet insightful. Like, well, why have you done it that way? Why, why is that a constraint? You know, they can at least challenge you in, in, in some type of uh, authentic measure that actually makes you rethink things. And so what I can tell you about selling and performing at the highest levels of corporate business, that was my day-to-day reality, thinking through what hadn't been done previously and how we were going to look for sustained, continuous improvement. Three to seven percent continuous improvement, rethinking the business model. If we had to write the correct, uh, the proper go to market strategy, understanding what the competition was doing, making sure that we weren't left behind. Now, these are things you do in your business, your day to day business. But, you know, you may doing that and doing, a, you, you know, 60 percent firefighting and, uh, you know, 40 percent other. Whereas when you get to the highest levels you should be doing 60% of the other and 40% firefighting primarily because you built one heck of a fire suppression system, (laughs) otherwise known as processes and systems. You're going to get tired of me talking about processes and systems, but one of the things that you learn, uh, especially when you, when you get a a really good business going is that your processes and systems are sound and the day-to-day stuff is pretty much thought through and handled. Therefore, making it easy for you to manage the business based on exceptions. And then you start getting good at figuring out how to develop processes and systems for what once were exceptions. Now, you know, that becomes automated. You can always fine tune processes and systems, but you really want to make sure that you get really, really proficient at identifying the key ones that uh, can are responsible for the results that you're seeking all right. You definitely want to make sure that you're you're focused on those key ones. But what I really learned was, uh, like I said, selling and performing at the highest levels. Keep my uh, mind open. Uh, expect there's going to be I mean, go to work expecting new challenges. And if there aren't any, create some. Uh, because uh, when you have a growing organization, I, I mean, you're, you're just doing some amazing things. You're uh, one of the things I like to look at, especially if you look at construction, you know, ask yourself, why does McDonald's seem to be retrofitting or rebuilding all of their stores like every three to five years? And it's kind of a funny thing when you think about it. McDonald's is always known that their target customer were uh, families with uh, young children, which means almost by definition that, um, you're talking about parents between the ages of 25 to 35, no disrespect to people that are having children younger or later in life. But from a business model perspective with McDonald's, you're looking at families don't really have a lot of disposable income, need a place to bring the kids and so forth and so on. So you look at what has been the challenge to McDonald's business model. Number one, every generation of uh, parents between the ages of 25 and 35 uh, don't want to go into the same building that looked like the one that their parents went into. 
<laughs> or grandparents or great grandparents, given that McDonald's has been around for a while. So it's one of those things where if you've got to uh, go up against In-N-Out Burger or Chipotle or uh, some of the new farm to table, this, that and the other and whatnot, high tech, innovative, uh, eco friendly, um, uh, renewable buildings, then. You know, as McDonald's, you've got to reinvent yourself. You got to reinvent what's on the menu. You, you know, at this point, the whole notion of having um, um, uh, French fries is like, no, you might need to have apple slices and 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 maybe carrots and celery, uh, rather than just offering burgers. You may have to offer salads. You may have to offer salads with uh, fresh produce from a local market. I mean, you sit back and you start thinking about this, and and every single day, looking at the competitive threats both uh, environmentally, from the customers, from technology and everything else, uh, up to and including the design of the building, putting Wi-Fi in, no less. I mean, just think about what McDonald's goes through every single day they start. And in order for them to stay at the leading edge of their market, um, you know, what that must be like. Well, that's kind of the reality for us. We have to make sure that we stay on that cutting edge, because if we are a supplier to McDonald's, uh, we're either bringing that innovation to them or we're adopting that innovation as one of their suppliers if we're trying to remain one of them. So what I learned performing at the highest levels was uh, there's this phrase, always keep your um, axe sharp, you know, sharpening the axe. Uh, and this isn't the case of sharpening the axe for the purpose of, uh, of uh, you know, having to cut something. This is sharpening the axe for the sake of uh, always being on the edge, on the tip of things, uh, being sure that you can drive the results that uh, that need to need to be delivered. And that is what keeps you in at the highest levels of the game. But I just wanted to share with you today what it was that I learned, why it's important what I think it means for your business and um, uh, how if you start that as the mindset for your business, uh, you're going to see success before um, long before you ever thought you could. And it's going to be bigger than you had actually hoped. <laughs> but that's what we have for today. Stay tuned for our next episode. Thanks so much.